Hi, this is Annie Rogers with Creative Planning's A Matter of Trust. I am one of the attorneys with the law firm, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Chrissy Knopke, who is also another attorney. Today, we are here talking about beneficiary designations. And as we've discussed before, one of the ways you can avoid probate is by naming a beneficiary on an asset. And oftentimes, people meet their goal of not having probate using a beneficiary designation, but oftentimes there's other issues that come up with just utilizing beneficiary designations to control your estate and avoid probate. Some of those being... One is filing a beneficiary deed or a transfer on death deed for your home. And a lot of states don't even allow that. So like we sit in Overland Park, Kansas, we kind of straddle that Missouri... Kansas state line, both of those states allow us to put beneficiary deeds or transfer on death deeds on file, but a lot of the states don't. And where you practice, you rarely see beneficiary deeding allowed. Right. Yeah. In California, that's not allowed. There are a number of other states that don't allow for that. So you have to do other types of planning, like having your home be held in your trust to do that. Yep. The other concern that I see when I do have clients who do beneficiary deeding of their real estate is we have multiple family members receiving that piece of property. So, okay, well, all of a sudden we want to avoid probate. So we say, if I die, my house goes to these four children. Right. And are those four children, when you pass away, going to agree on when to sell the property? who to hire as the real estate agent, the The price. price. (laughs) And then oftentimes in certain states, the spouse, if they're married, has to sign off. So that might be eight people that have to come together to sign off on a deed. And it just creates a very complicated process where it kind of opens it up to a lot of family disagreement. Right. And, you know, from where we sit, I always tell clients, I'm like, grief and sibling rivalry and family dynamics do not always mix mix so you have to kind of think think ahead and think about what the best way the easiest most simplistic way to deal with it because usually when I ask a client well what do you want done with your house well oh I want it sold well that's easier said than done when you got 10 hands in the pot trying to deal with it right and then what if one kid wants to keep it and then they can't you know, figure out fair market value, those types of things. Yep. So that brings up a a bunch of concerns that usually can be drafted into a trust with ease and make sure that one person, that trustee that's in charge of that trust is able to make all those decisions without having to go through all of those hoops. Right. The other is something we see people fail to do a lot is putting a payable on death beneficiary on their checking or savings accounts. And I want to blame banks on this one, even though um, (laughs) banks are great. But when they open a new account, they never ask the client. It's not in the setup paperwork. Who do you want to name as the beneficiary of your checking or savings account if you pass away? Because if you have an account that's just in your name and you die, that's going directly through probate. Right. You know, maybe you luck out and it's, you know, falls under the small estate probate allotment. But, you know, those are often the accounts that have to go through probate. And so it's a very easy thing to do. Most of the time you go into the bank. They, they give have a you, form. You fill it out. They make you sign a new signature card and you're done. Yep. So very if you easy. have not done that, we recommend you doing that. Which soon. I would recommend that, again, kind of tying back into our last couple months of estate planning going wrong, is doing a payable on death designation rather than adding your child to the account. Because, again, like we said last few months, that opens up your account to numerous liability issues.
lose. Right, because then it's as if it's theirs, then you can, you know, their creditors can come after it. And the same goes for your house. We talked about transfer on death, beneficiary um, designations, but it's better to, you know, create a trust and have your house both the trust and to name your kid on your, your deed. Because one, it opens up your home to your child's creditors, potentially. Divorce. And divorce. And two, you know, when you pass a piece of real estate on to someone after you pass away, they get a step up in basis for capital gain purposes. So if they go and sell it, they're not going to own any capital gain tax. If you add them to your deed while you're alive, then they're stuck with what your basis was. So if you bought that house for $50,000 in 1942, and now it's worth $400,000, they're going to have, you know, capital gain tax to pay. Right. And the last little bit on beneficiary designations we wanted to touch on today was dealing with minors. So a lot of times as we're taking in a new client, they say, oh, you know what? I have beneficiaries on everything I'm good. And then we look down and see they may have an eight and a 10 year old. Well, an eight and a 10 year old can't have accounts in their name in the United States until they're 18 years of age. So we highly recommend that clients do not add minors as beneficiaries on accounts or contingent beneficiaries. Right. I mean, because that's just going to get you back to the probate court where they're going to have a conservator name and that may not be the person you want it to be right and then they're going to get it 18. 18 years of age and one day old I always tell my clients they're a senior in high school if they become the beneficiary there's nothing anybody can do to hold those funds back till they're more mature so right. might be driving a Lambo to the senior prom <laughs> that year um, so it's always you know advisable to review if you have beneficiary designations on certain accounts are you comfortable right. with what they are right and if you aren't comfortable with some of the scenarios that we've talked about today coming up and affecting your family, then usually a trust is kind of a way to alleviate those concerns. Correct. Yeah. And any estate planning attorney can talk to you about these different options and what what options are best for you in your scenario. But it's important to keep these things in mind when you're you know, trying to figure out what the best option is. Thank right. you guys for joining us here at A Matter of Trust. Thanks. This commentary is provided for general information purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Past performance of any market results is no assurance of future performance. The information contained herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable, but is not guaranteed. This commentary and the information provided may be considered advertising in some jurisdictions under the applicable law and ethical rules. The determination of the need for legal services and the choice of a lawyer are extremely important decisions and should not be based solely upon advertisements or self-proclaimed expertise. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.